This is Sid Roth saying, Shalom Mishpacha. Mishpacha is a Hebrew word. It means family. And we're the Mishpacha, the family with a Jewish heart. Welcome to today's edition of Messianic Vision and another appointment for you to be mentored to fulfill your destiny with one of our It's Supernatural guests. And now, here's your host for this program, It's Supernatural television producer, Donna Chavis. Thank you, Sid. I'm Donna Chavis, and today on Messianic Vision, my guest is a lady that I've gotten to know over the past few years. She's a wife, a mother, a teacher, and something that I've recently discovered, quite a preacher as well. When this lady preaches, believe me, you're going to hang on to every word. I'm so happy to introduce for the first time on Messianic Vision and also on its supernatural, Karen Schatzlein. Karen, thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you, Donna. I'm so excited about the show today and just being able to share all that God has been doing and just share with people how they can encounter a living God. Well, I know they are going to be blessed. Let me tell you one thing before we get into um, uh, the show any further. Uh, Sid came into my office the other day and he picked up your book and he said, what is this? And I said, well, that's that's Karen's book that's going to be on the show here soon. And he looked at it and he, he looked at the name and he said, dehydrated. That word, I love it because everyone knows what it means. When you see that word, you know what it means. And then he said, it's what's wrong with most of the church today. And I said, well, get ready because Karen has a remedy for that. And it's her new package that we're offering today called God's Supernatural Wellspring. And he walked out of my office. He said, I like that. I like that. So I know all of our listeners are going to love it, too. Um, Karen, you describe this teaching as unearthing an oasis of life. And you say that God's supernatural wellspring is waiting to quench every thirst. Oh, my goodness. Yes. I, you know, I have just found that in God's presence, we can find that refreshing and that life and that joy and that freedom that we're so looking for. I find that everywhere I go, the main thing that I hear people say when I go and minister is I'm so dry, I'm so weary, mm. I'm so exhausted, mm. I, I've lost hope in the future. And so, but what I've realized is it's because they have lost that place of encounter yes. at the wellspring of God. And so when they finally get to the point where they are so desperate and so ready to get back into the presence of God, that his love literally over just shadows them, just floods their life. And in his presence, we are changed forever. One encounter with God, one encounter in his presence can change us for an entire lifetime. Absolutely. And let's start with this. You talk about a parallel between our physical bodies and the spiritual. Explain that. Describe that to us. Well, when I started uh, writing the book, I realized that there were so many similarities between when our bodies actually get physically dehydrated and when they get spiritually dehydrated. Because when we get physically dehydrated, our bodies can only go three days without water before it begins to shut down. Our organs begin to shut down. Everything begins to shut down. We become mentally confused. We become, we lose our clarity. 
we lose focus. Everything becomes about survival Mm -hmm. rather than living and thriving. Mm -hmm. And we begin to get to a place where we're just grasping for anything that can give us relief in the physical. And that's what happens to us spiritually. When we don't continually go into the presence of God, when we don't continually have that connection between us and our Father, our Heavenly Father, between us and that that living water that he gives us, that's what happens to us. Just like in the physical, we become unfocused. We become ineffective in our life. We become mm-hmm. confused, mentally, spiritually confused, not knowing which way to turn. Our decisions become irrational, but we're just grasping hold of anything that can satisfy us in our life. Yes. But when we realize that we can go to his presence, then it brings clarity. It brings us peace. It brings us joy. When his presence enters into our life and that living water that comes down from him enters into our life, it brings nourishment to Mm -hmm. our soul Mm -hmm. that sustains us on a daily basis. Yes. You know, Karen, I believe that God has really given you some uh, revelatory insight into this message, because even just like that parallel, you can just see it there. So I'm excited to dig into that today. Will you tell me, Karen, let's start with the history of of coming up with this message. Tell me about that. Well, what happened was my husband is a writer. He's an author. And for many years, he had told me, he said, Karen, God has a message inside of you. And I thought, there's no way I'm going to write a book. (laughs) There's no way. That's your gifting. That's your thing, you know. And so, but God kept beginning to deal with me because I lived my whole first half of my life shy, insecure, felt like I didn't have a voice. And so I didn't think that that was something that I could do, that Mm -hmm. I was qualified Mm -hmm. to do. Mm -hmm. So. I remember going to bed one night, and Pat looked at me, and he said, you are going to write a book. And I looked at him, and I said, if I write a book, it will be because God himself speaks to me and says for me to write a book. And I just want to say, you should never say that. (laughs) Don't really mean it. Because God will take you at your word. Unless you're prepared to follow through. (laughs) Yes, that's exactly right, because I went to bed that night. And that was on my heart so deeply. And I knew the minute I said it, I knew that God was doing a work in my life. And I went to bed that night and I woke up about two o'clock in the morning to the sound of the loudest thunder that I had ever heard. And in the midst of that thunder, I heard my name and it shook me and woke me up. And I sat straight up in the bed And for a brief moment, I thought my husband had yelled my name in the middle of the night. And so I woke him up and I said, Pat, why did you yell my name? And he was quick to tell me, I didn't take anything. Just go back to sleep. (laughs) So I laid back down. And the moment I fell, drifted back into a deep sleep, I heard that thunder once again. And I heard my name in the midst of that thunder. And in that moment, I knew there was something different. I jumped up out of bed. I ran to the window because I thought we are having the a massive storm with the thunder. Mm-hmm. And so I looked out the window, and it was the clearest night sky. I could see every star in the sky. There was no rain. There was no clouds. There was nothing. And I thought, that is so strange. And so I went back, and I laid back down. And the moment I laid back into bed, 
I heard God speak to my heart, and he said, Karen, I have got a purpose and a plan for your life. I need you to write this book. And that woke me up, and that got my attention. And I said, God, I'm not qualified to write a book for you. And he spoke to my heart, and he said, I want you to write a book because I have set you free from a life of fear, Mm. a life of insecurity and hopelessness. I've given you purpose. I've set you on a new path. I've rescued you out of the darkness that you lived in for so long. And there's so many who are seeking answers. And I've called you to write a book that will take them from their dry, hopeless, weary life into a life full of freedom, just like I have given you. He wants to desire supernatural encounters with his children. And he asked me if I would lead them on the same journey to freedom that he brought me through to set me free. And that was such a powerful moment because all this time God had set me free, but I was keeping it to myself. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And God spoke to me and said, I didn't lead you on that journey to freedom for just you. I led you on it so that you could lead a generation to the same freedom that I gave you. And a lot of those people are listening today. There's a lot of those people that are listening to your words right now. Karen, I, you know, I listen to you talk and I don't, I know that there are a lot of people that don't do this intentionally and they don't set out to neglect yeah. these things. But honestly, in today's world, everything is so fast. Everything is so busy. I mean, sometimes just our everyday life is like a whirlwind and uh, and yeah. that affects us uh, in our relationship with God. And I think a lot of people may find themselves in this place and don't even realize how they got there. But a lot of time it's everyday living. And, and I, I think this message is great because it kind of maybe make us sit up and take notice and pay attention a little bit more. Yes, I agree, because so many times our lives get so hectic and crazy that we just we forget where to go. We forget how to enter into God's presence. And I think the two of the main things that the enemy uses in our life to keep us out of God's presence is for one, we start buying into the lies of the enemy. We start buying into the lies of the enemy that tells us that we're worthless, that tells us that we're hopeless, that tells us that we've been isolated, that we don't have a voice, that we don't have any Mm -hmm. kind of Mm -hmm. purpose, that we're not worthy of a relationship with God. But God loves us enough to meet us where we're at. He loves us enough to, he sees where we're at, he sees our hopeless condition, and he loves us so much that he refuses to leave us there. He wants to take us on a journey to freedom. But I think the second thing that we get so in, you know, engulfed in is that we become busy in our lives. Yes. That's the number two thing that the, I think the enemy tries to use us. Because if the enemy can't get you to sin on a daily basis... He'll just keep you so busy that you never see God yes. right in front of you. Yes. And I... he keeps us on that cycle of busyness to the point where we're running here, we're running there. I know even in my own life and ministry that, and you know, we get so busy doing the work of God that we forget that it's also about a relationship mm-hmm. with the one who set us free. Sure. And so I think in the midst of that, we have to remember who set us free and who he is and that he loves us enough, it's not just a one-time encounter. He desires a daily relationship with us, just like we build our relationships with our spouses mm-hmm. or our family or our coworkers or anything. 
We have to build a relationship with him and spend time with him. And that's the only way that we learn his voice is by spending time in his presence. Yes. You know, one of my very favorite stories in the Bible, and it's so powerful and it's so amazing, is about the Samaritan woman who Jesus found her at the well. Uh, You know, and we're talking about God's supernatural wellspring today. But I love the statement that you said about that. You said, Jesus does not leave you where he finds you. That's right. And that's what he did in my life because so many times in my life, you know, as I mentioned, I was so insecure. I was so shy. I was, you know, so felt unworthy. Maybe it was because of my upbringing. Maybe it was because, you know, I grew up with not a whole lot, you know, not a real well-off family. But I just know that all through my life, I felt God's presence there. And I just felt him urging me, calling me. The Bible says, you know, to draw near to God and he'll draw near to you. All we have to do is take that one step forward, that one step to his mm-hmm. presence and mm-hmm. he'll do the rest. Because just like the Samaritan woman, she walked to the well every single day in the heat of the day, every day walking that long walk of shame, that long walk of um, feeling sorry for herself, that long walk of not knowing what tomorrow would hold. But there was one day where she was walking to the well where this woman in the Bible, this Samaritan woman, had lived with five men. And she was she had been married five times but was living with the sixth man. And I don't know how many people study uh, numerology, but I know that the number five means grace. And the number six means the number of mankind, man's sinful nature. For she had run out of grace with the five husbands, and now she was living in man's strength, doing it in her own sinful nature. But the great thing about the story of the Samaritan woman but was because on this specific day, she would meet the seventh man in her life. And that number seven means spiritual perfection and resurrection. There's going to come a moment for everyone who's listening today. There's going to come a moment where you're going to meet the seventh man in your life. You may have run out of grace in your life. You may have tried because of running out of grace to do it in your own strength, to do it in your own way. But today I'm believing that God is going to walk in and you're going to meet the seventh man in your life that's going to resurrect hope, resurrect freedom, resurrect peace and joy in your life, because that's what he did for the Samaritan woman. He sent his disciples to go buy food, and he went and sat on the well. He wasn't there to draw water for himself. He was there to give living water to this woman that everyone else had rejected, everyone else had forgotten. But he said, you are worth my time, and I'm going to come and meet with you today. And he wants to meet with everyone who's listening today. All you have to do is look up and see him right in front of you waiting to give you grace and mercy and love and acceptance today and to restore your hope. You know, I love, Karen, that you call that an intentional encounter. Jesus didn't just uh, happen to pass by. He was there to meet that woman that day and to encounter her. And you know what? We've got a few minutes before we go to break here, and I definitely want to get this in for those listening. Um, Tell me about what you call conversations with the king, because I know there there was a time in your life that you needed an intentional encounter And you got it. Tell us about that. Absolutely, because I call it my park bench encounter. 
because it was a place. It wasn't an actual well. It was a park bench in the middle of a seventh grade schoolyard. And I've said over and over how shy, insecure, and worthless I felt as a young girl. And this was the turning point in my life because going into the seventh grade, it was a school all by itself. It was a school they shipped everybody off to uh, (laughs) between middle school or between elementary school and high school. It's like they didn't know what to do with you in seventh grade. So they just sent you off to what I call middle school prison. (laughs) So, but for a person who's shy and insecure, that is like a prison, like a dungeon of fear. And so that was who I was at that time. And I remember walking in that first day of middle school, that first day of prison for me. And that became my day of prison break, I feel like spiritually. The prison break that God allowed me to walk out of my prison because I'll never forget walking into that place and I was terrified. I didn't know anyone. I didn't, you know, want to talk to anybody. I didn't want to anything. So I just went to the farthest point of the courtyard in that school before the bell rang and I sat down on a bench, a concrete bench, and I sat there all by myself and I started looking through my backpack. Because, you know, you don't want to look insecure. You don't want as a middle schooler. So I just went through my back to keep myself busy. And in that moment, I was so afraid. I was so gripped by fear. I was so bound by insecurity and worthlessness in my own life. I felt myself about to cry. And in that moment, no one wants to cry the first day of middle school. No, no. Labeled as the crier. But I sat there looking through my backpack, and I felt a tap on my shoulder. And I jerked around to see who was there because I thought, surely I'm not going to be bullied. I'm not going to be picked on this first day of school. You know, most people, they look at me today, and they see me preaching, and they think, how could you ever be shy and insecure because I have no problem (laughs) speaking now? But it's because of a transformation and an encounter that took place in my life because I sat there. And I felt that tap on my shoulder, and I turned around, and there was no one there. And I thought for sure that was a moment that I was going to be bullied or I was going to be picked on. So I hurried, and I just started looking through my backpack again to keep myself occupied, and I felt that same tap on my shoulder again. And I turned around quickly because I wanted to catch who was doing it, and there was no one there. And in that moment, I felt the presence of God so strong at 13 years old. I felt the presence of God so strong, and I knew that it was not a human touch that I had felt. It was the touch of a heavenly father that saw where I was in my desperation. And I felt God sit down next to me on that bench, and I felt his arm of love wrap around me. And I know for some that may seem so odd, but I want you to know God still speaks today. He still ministers today. He still will meet you right where you're at. And as he wrapped his arms around me, I heard this voice speak to me and it said, Karen, I know who you are. You're not alone. You're not forsaken. You're not abandoned. I know who you are. And if you will allow me to, I will walk this journey with you and you will never be alone. And I would love to say in that moment that I became the captain of the cheer squad or the (laughs) president of the debate club, that I was so bold and empowered, but I was still insecure. The difference was that I knew in that moment that there was a living God. I knew that he had took moments out of his time to come down and to visit with and to minister life to a 13-year-old girl who felt like she had no hope. 
Yes. And that's what I want everyone listening to know is it doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter where you come from. It doesn't matter your background. It doesn't matter. God loves you just that much that he would come down and visit you and minister life to you because it's not just about you. It's about who you are called to, who you are called to minister to, because that moment changed the direction of my future Yes, and allowed me to see that God had a plan for me, and it may not always be easy, and it may not always be um, just the, you know, roses and everything, but what was different was that he was walking with me, that he was in control, that he had a plan, and all I had to do was walk with him and trust him, and because of that moment, I now speak to thousands upon thousands of people now about the love mm, and the presence yes. of God and leading them into that same place of freedom that God brought me from. Wow, that is so powerful. And you know something, just just so simple in that message that you just talked about, Karen, is the fact that you knew that you matter. You now matter. And I know there's so many people that just wonder or feel that they do not matter. And I believe before the end of this program today that they are going to know uh, within themselves that, that God is intentionally wanting to encounter them and that they matter. Oh, that is so powerful and exciting to me. Well, we're going to take a quick break. This is Messianic Vision, and you've been listening to Pastor Karen Schatz line. Sid and I want to make sure that you get Karen's powerful resource today. It's called God's Supernatural Wellspring, and it includes Karen's book, Dehydrated, and a four-CD teaching series. These messages include Conversations with the King, Brave, this is your now, and then the title message, God's Supernatural Wellspring. Well, when we come back, Karen is going to tell us how to unearth God's supernatural wellspring in your life. We'll be right back. Did you ever feel like a person who is wandering, lost in a desert, parched and weak, dehydrated, lacking water, and without hope of being rescued? Have you ever found yourself spiritually dry, thirsty, and desperate for the living water? Do you feel like you've been unable to go on? Your energy has become depleted. You can't even pray or read your Bible. You might feel as if God is nowhere in sight. Get ready. Karen Schatzline will share with you the keys to get out of the desert and enter into the supernatural wellspring of God's Holy Spirit. Call now and get Karen Schatzline's God's Supernatural Wellspring Package, which includes her brand new book, Dehydrated? Tap into God's never-ending supply, plus her four-part audio CD teaching series, God's Supernatural Wellspring. Yours for a donation of $39. Shipping and handling is included. Ask for offer number 9487. And God spoke to me and said that if I will write this book, there will be people who will come into His presence and will be transformed in just a moment in His presence. That's all it takes is one moment in God's presence for you to be healed, transformed, and set free and put on a new journey of life in His presence. Karen Schatzline says God is waiting on you in the middle of your desert in a life that might feel like a wasteland. He has streams of refreshing, life-giving water. All you have to do is show up and drink, and you will never thirst again. 
Through Karen's brand new book, you will understand how to recognize the signs of your being spiritually dehydrated. Get set free from a life of fear, insecurity, and hopelessness. Receive a new purpose and begin walking on a new God-given path. Be rescued from a dry, hopeless, and weary life into a life full of freedom and victory. Receive the supernatural keys to walk continually in the refreshing, never-ending wellspring of God's Holy Spirit. Through Karen Schatzlein's four-part audio CD teaching, you will understand that your current circumstances are not your final destination. Learn how to drink deeply from God's unlimited, supernatural wellspring of the Holy Spirit. Begin a road to recovery, spiritual healing, and a new beginning. The series includes powerful prayers to help you enter into the healing, empowering wellspring of the Holy Spirit. No matter where you come from, no matter what your background is, no matter what you've walked through or what's been done to you, God sees you where you are and He cares enough about you and loves you so much that He refuses to leave you there. He wants to take you and walk you into a place where you are overflowing with the love and the joy that He has to offer you. Karen says, and I say, and even more important, God says, it ain't over. This is your now, God's supernatural wellspring. Don't miss out on getting Karen Schatzlein's God's Supernatural Wellspring Package, which includes her brand new book, Dehydrated, Tap Into God's Never-Ending Supply, plus her four-part audio CD teaching series, God's Supernatural Wellspring. Yours for a donation of $39. Shipping and handling is included. Ask for offer number 9487. Call or you can send your check to Sid Roth. It's Supernatural, P.O. Box 39222, Charlotte, North Carolina, 28278. Please specify offer number 9487 or log on to sidroth.org. Call or write today. Well, welcome back to Messianic Vision. This is Donna Chavis, and my special guest today is Karen Schatzlein. We are having a wonderful conversation. I hope that you've been with us from the beginning. Uh, and um, Karen, you know, something that we've been talking about is dehydration, physical and spiritual. And one of the, the biggest problems in the world, in different parts of the world, is famine. And famine is brought on by drought. Talk to us a little bit about that. Absolutely, because famine is always caused by drought. And when there's a lack of water, then, of course, that's going to affect the food supply. Mm -hmm. And so it's a cycle of destruction that takes place because drought caused, but in the spiritual realm, drought is caused when the heavens no longer pour out rain. And we, it's a closed heavens. And I believe that we have the latter rain of God to refresh our land. We need that. And the dry seasons that we go through in our life have a purpose. There is purpose in those seasons that we walk through. And the dry seasons that we go through are not meant to kill us. They're not meant to dehydrate us. What they're meant to do is to push us closer to the presence of God. I look back at my life and the different things in my life, the discouragement or the despair or the different seasons of uh, dehydration in my own life, and it was in those moments that it woke me up to my need for God's presence in my life that maybe I had gotten away from my encounters with God. And those moments pushes us to search out the living waters. It pushes us to draw closer to him and to the opportunities for us to get up and search out for fresh water. We need that water to flourish and grow. It's just like I think about, you know, a little 
pool of water that settles in your yard. And if it's left there, it's going to become stagnant. There's no fresh water flowing in or fresh water flowing out. Mm -hmm. And the same thing happens in our spiritual lives. If we only go to God one time, then that that becomes we become stagnant in our spiritual walk. There's nothing fresh going in. There's nothing fresh going out. And we're called to be living, breathing uh, examples of what God has done in our life. We're called to have rivers of living water flowing through us, not just settling in and becoming stagnant and ineffective mm-hmm. in our life and our relationship with him. And so the greatest factor in in creating a famine is the lack of fresh water. So it's time that we get back to that supernatural wellspring of God that fills us up to overflowing because when God's presence is in our life, it becomes a wellspring of life that flows out of us and actually touches those that we come in contact with. When we have a living water living inside of us, it should be touching other people and bringing life to them because of the life that's inside of us. I like what you're saying. The uh, the dry places should, in us, cause us to go and search. The dry places should, in us, cause us to go in search of fresh water. So when we find this fresh water, I'm sure a lot of people think, well, I found my fresh water, but somebody keeps throwing dirt in it or somebody keeps, you know, getting it muddy again. What do we do? Yes, because it's time that there's moments in our life where we have to redig the wells in our life. We have to redig the ancient wells of our life because so many times when we do go before God and we get filled up with his presence and we get filled up with that joy and that purpose, if we don't continually go before him, I guarantee you and I promise you the enemy is going to come along with a big shovel and he's going to start throwing dirt in your well and he's going to start stopping up those wells in your life just from the little things, the little busyness of the day, the little things that the enemy just plants in our life, the the seeds of discouragement, the seeds of, uh, you know, all the agitation, the jealousies, the bitterness, the hurts, the pains that we walk through. And it's the constant going before God's presence that flows through us, that washes out all of that dirt in our life. It's like getting up in the morning time and taking a shower and washing off all the junk from the day before. That's what we have to do when we go into God's presence. It's like a a shower that pours over us and cleans out all of the dirt. But the enemy wants to steal your freedom and that life source. He wants to destroy your legacy and your family inheritance. But if he can keep you dry and weary, you'll never experience that living water. But if you do find it, he'll try to throw the dirt into your fresh well. And that's a yes. sobering thought for us. That's a moment where we have to say we have to redig. I love the story of Isaac in the Bible. He went through and he reopened all the wells that his father Abraham had dug. But I, I'm reading it and in studying it, it was a battle. It was a fight because the enemy tried to fight him over every well that he dug. But because of it, when he did redig the wells, he was blessed, that God blessed him for redigging those wells. And we have to do that because mm-hmm. without us learning how to go before God and to go into God's presence, our children will never learn how to go into God's presence. Right. I want right. my kids see me walk through hard times, see mom and dad walk through hard times. I want them to also see that we know where to go 
for freedom. We sure. know where to go for the answers. And that's how we redig those wells is by modeling that in front of our mm-hmm. family, in mm-hmm. front of our friends, in front of our children, modeling that so that they, too, know how to go back and keep the well clean in their own lives right. so that right. they can have a con- of God's presence. Sure. Karen, let's give a practical example of what you're talking about. I know every parent's nightmare is for something horrible to happen to one of their children. And you and your husband, Pat, both, you both had the same dream, a literal nightmare, um, about your son. Tell us about that and how that relates to redigging those wells. Absolutely. Yes. My husband and I, we went on vacation one year. We always go to the beach um, on vacation. And it's just where we download and we get refilled back up for the, you know, hectic schedule that our travel schedule. So we went to the beach and we always go out to this one track and we run or (laughs) so often just walk and pray. And so one morning we went out to the track and we were walking and just praying. And my husband looked at me and he said, I had a dream about Nate last night and he seemed distressed. And I had had a dream about Nate the night before. And I stopped him and I said, okay, I had a dream as well. And we began to share with each other what the dream was. And it was the exact same dream that God had given to us because God speaks to us so many times in dreams and visions. Mm -hmm. And, um, I began to tell him about my dream about how Nate had been killed in a car accident, our son Nate, and he had had that same exact dream about Nate being killed in the car accident. The only difference was in my dream, he was thrown from the vehicle and we couldn't even find him. He was not only killed, but we could not find him. And we began to go to war in the spirit. We began to pray and intercede because we knew that God had a plan for our son's life. He had given, God has given us just dreams and visions of Nate changing a generation mm-hmm. and being yes. fire for him, you know, walking in God's presence. And so we began to minister and to just go to war in the spirit for him. And so then Nate came to us about two weeks later and told us about how the enemy had been trying to seduce him and to pull him into a lifestyle that he knew was not right. He was being pulled and on by all these colleges for uh, recruitment for football. And he had began to do some things, partying and, you know, doing drinking and things like that, that he, he was not proud of and that he didn't want to be in that lifestyle anymore. It had gone on for a couple of months. And in that moment, we had a revelation of what that dream meant that God was showing us that the enemy would love to take him out, to take our son out, to lead him down a life of destruction. And that he, when he was lost in my dream, it wasn't a physical loss. It was spiritually lost Hmm. that we could not find him because the enemy was dragging him off into this lifestyle that was not what God had intended for him. And so we began to do war and to pray with Nate and to walk with him through restoration and through, you know, bringing him back to a place of peace and an intimate relationship with God. Yes. And God restored him. But what that means to redig the wells is when we saw that there was a crisis, when we saw that our family was in trouble, because maybe we had become so busy that we didn't notice the things, you know, sometimes we can get so busy with life that we don't notice that the enemy is dumping dirt into our wells and that he's affecting our children or pulling our children away. But when you see it and when you realize it and when God brings it to your attention, 
That's the moment. You don't throw your children away. You don't cast them aside. What you do is you wrap them up. You love them. You remind them of who they are. You speak the word of God over them. You remind them who they are because the enemy's trying to tell them who they're not. And so you remind them who they're called to be victorious overcomers, that they can rise above the junk that the enemy has placed in their life. And that's what we did. And because of it, my son is 25 years old. He and his wife, Adrian, are in California as youth pastors, ministering to thousands of young people, snatching them out of the enemy's grasp and telling them that there is a better way of yes. their life, freedom and hope. <laughs> because mom and dad refused to allow the enemy to fill up the well with the junk of the world. And we got on our knees and we began to pray and intercede for him. How important is it for us, for me, for those that are listening, for anyone, how important is it for us to realize that it is not over? If the, if the devil brings a sentence to you or a thought to you or a dream to you, it is not over. What do you tell people? Well, I just say to them, no matter what it looks like in the natural, the Bible says, seeing those things that are not as though they were. We have to see beyond the natural. So many times we get caught up in looking in a microscope at our lives, mm-hmm. at every little detail of distraction and discouragement and pain. But God says, I want you to stop looking through the microscope of your life and start looking through the telescope at the bigger picture, seeing past the distractions, because your your current circumstances do not dictate your destiny. Your current circumstances do not, you know, mean that this is where you're going to be for the rest of your life. This is just one chapter in your book. God is writing the book of your life, and he gets to write the ending. See, we have to realize that God has us on a journey. Everything we go through is leading us on a journey. I love to tell people what you go through is a good indication of who you're called to. Mm -hmm. And when you're walking through the trials, when you're walking through the fire, it's not over. God has a bigger plan. He wants you to know that what looks like devastation doesn't have to be a dead end. It's just uh, you know, he's taking you on a different route. See, his, we need to realize sometimes we're walking through seasons in our life and we think the silence means God's not there. But what it really means is he's just waiting on us to call out to him, to call on his name. Because for those of you who feel like you're at the end, your time is up or you've been forgotten or misplaced, I want you to know it's not over. Just like in the Bible, I love the story of the woman with the issue of blood. And that story runs right into the story of Jairus' daughter because this woman with the issue of blood decided that it wasn't over for her. She was trapped in her home because the priesthood had declared that she couldn't be touched or couldn't touch anyone because of the issue in her life, the physical issue. But one day she heard that Jesus was walking by. And that's what I want the listeners to know today, that Jesus is walking by today. He's walking by your home. He's walking by what you may consider a prison in your life. And he's giving you the keys to step out into your freedom. And that's what the woman with the issue of blood did that day. She stepped out of her prison of fear, her prison of issue in her life and reached out and touched the hem of Jesus's garment. But what people don't realize 
is the hem of his garment was more than just a piece of clothes because she knew that he was a he was a rabbi he had underneath his robe was a tallit or a prayer shawl or a and that prayer shawl is also considered the wings. And so the Bible says that the Savior will come with healing in his wings. She knew that Jesus had healing in him, but the healing came from heaven. It came from his Father. It came from his relationship with the Father. And so what she was doing that day was she was reaching out to touch the relationship with him, to have an encounter with him that brought healing. And then in that moment, her strength, her determination to say it's not over also caused faith to rise up in the priest Jairus who needed his daughter healed. So her moment of saying it ain't over mm-hmm. gave strength to a dad who needed to see healing in his daughter as well. Yes. And you know what? As parents, I'm a parent as well. We've got mothers, we've got fathers, we've got steps and all kinds of uh, Uh, parental figures, even sometimes spiritual parents out there. Your children provide so many great stories and analogies and examples. I'm constantly seeing something in my children that will give me an example of something that, that so many people can relate to or understand because stories are easy to understand. And um, I know we've got a couple of minutes left. I I wanted you just to touch on the fact you were talking about it wasn't over. Well, your son also, Nate, I know we told a, a, a child story, but there's, there's, so good for helping people understand a, a point. Uh, he he was playing football and he had that as a desire and a goal for his life, but a physical problem came up and he had to give it up. And instead yes. of being devastated, which you thought he would be, yes. what happened? Well, what happened was our son has had wanted to play professional football since he was just a small child. And my husband coached all his uh, park ball teams, coached everything, and actually spoke to Nate along those lines that if he wanted this, you know, that God would give this to him. And so he had worked his whole high school career towards this goal of getting a football scholarship. And he actually did get a football scholarship. He got a football full ride, you know, scholarship to go play football in Texas. And so he got to Texas and was playing. And God gave him the desires of his dream. He was playing. He played a season. And we found out in that time frame that our son had a spinal disease called Sherman's kyphosis, which was um, a crippling disease Mm -hmm. eventually it would cause him to bend forward like a humpback and it was beginning to cause him problems and the doctor had given him permission to play but then it had gotten so bad that he was in pain every single day every single day of his life he was in pain and he came home and we took him back to the doctor and the doctor looked at him and he said Nate I'm not going to tell you to give up football but I will tell you this or I will ask you this he said what is your dream in life. And Nate looked at him and he said to preach the gospel. And he said, well, if you continue playing football, you may be doing that from a wheelchair if this is the direction you're going to go. And in that moment, Pat and I looked at each other, my husband and I looked at each other and we felt the loss that Nate was feeling. We felt it. And it's like there was a vacuum in the room that just sucked all the air out of the room. And because this had been his dream since he was a little boy to continue playing, and the doctor was basically telling him he was going to have to choose 
you know, between playing and his dream of preaching the gospel or even being crippled. And so in that moment, we were preparing ourselves for the devastation of it all and being there to comfort him and to to be there to give support. And he did something that so shocked us. And this is what I want everyone to hear is that it doesn't matter what you go through. God is right there with you, and he will give you strength to walk through whatever situation you need to walk through. Because in that moment, our son rose up and did something that was so that so caught us off guard. He stood there for, or he sat there for just a few moments, and he looked over at my husband, his dad, and he said, you know what, Dad, can I take my guitar back to college? He, we had had a guitar here at the house, and it shocked us, and we were like, sure, Nate, um, sure, you can take your guitar back to college. And he looked over at the doctor, and he said, because here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to pursue my God dream. He said, I'm going to worship instead of playing football. See, what you have to understand for everyone listening is sometimes you have to worship your way through the storm. You have to worship your way through the chaos in the midst of all the devastation around you. When you begin to worship, when you begin to pray, it brings God's presence to you. And the presence of God filled that little tiny doctor's room, that examining room. And the presence of God was so thick in there. And I remember tears welling up in my eyes, but they were not tears of devastation. They were tears of hope. Yes. And through that, our son actually had surgery to correct the issue and is now leading so many people to the presence of God, because in that process of having surgery, God showed up in his operating room. God showed up in his hospital room and told him that he would never be alone, that he would walk with him just like he did me at 13 years old. Mm -hmm. Nate said that God showed up at the foot of his bed and Nate said, I'll never change. I'll never regret any of that. I'll never regret having to give up football because if I hadn't done it, I would have never seen him standing at the foot of my bed telling me that he was right there with me. And so what we go through leads us to the presence of God. Sure. You know, something that just jumps out to me, Karen, about that story is, you know, it really defined your your son. And some people would look at that and say, oh, it was the end of a dream. But it wasn't so much the end of his dream as it was the beginning of his destiny. And you guys say it that way, and I love that. And what the enemy yes, had meant— Yes, that moment could have defined our son, but not the way the enemy had planned. Exactly. What was meant for destruction, God used as a launching pad for his destiny. So, I mean, isn't that so true? I, You know, I look at that example, and I, I just want to say to, to people out there that might be listening, you know, it may look like it's a bad situation, or it may look like you've got hard choices, or it may look like it's over, but listen to what Karen is saying, and you know, I just to encourage you right now. I know that it's really ministering to you because whatever that looks like, it, it may not be the end of your dream. It may be the launching pad to your destiny. Oh my goodness. Wow, Karen, that is so, so strong and so important. Well, listen, we're going to go on another break here, just a very quick one. 
And we're talking with Karen Schatzline today about God's supernatural wellspring. I just believe that this is a must-have for your home or for your church. And once again, it's called God's Supernatural Wellspring, and it includes Karen's book, Dehydrated, and a four-CD teaching series. Now, if you've ever seen Karen or met Karen, you're going to know that she's a beautiful, tiny little lady. But believe me, as you've heard, when you hear these messages, you're going to know that in the spirit, she is a powerhouse and she's going to teach you how to be the same. Well, speaking of a powerhouse, most of us don't feel that way most of the time. You may think some people are so brave or say, oh, I could never be that brave. Well, don't miss our next segment with Karen Schatzline when she teaches you what true bravery really is. Stay with us. Did you ever feel like a person who is wandering, lost in a desert, parched and weak, dehydrated, lacking water, and without hope of being rescued? Have you ever found yourself spiritually dry, thirsty, and desperate for the living water? Do you feel like you've been unable to go on? Your energy has become depleted. You can't even pray or read your Bible. You might feel as if God is nowhere in sight. Get ready. Karen Schatzline will share with you the keys to get out of the desert and enter into the supernatural wellspring of God's Holy Spirit. Call now and get Karen Schatzline's God's Supernatural Wellspring Package, which includes her brand new book, Dehydrated? Tap into God's never-ending supply, plus her four-part audio CD teaching series, God's Supernatural Wellspring. Yours for a donation of $39. Shipping and handling is included. Ask for offer number 9487. And God spoke to me and said that if I will write this book, there will be people who will come into His presence and will be transformed in just a moment in His presence. That's all it takes is one moment in God's presence for you to be healed, transformed, and set free and put on a new journey of life in His presence. Karen Schatzline says God is waiting on you in the middle of your desert, in a life that might feel like a wasteland. He has streams of refreshing, life-giving water. All you have to do is show up and drink, and you will never thirst again. Through Karen's brand new book, you will understand how to recognize the signs of your being spiritually dehydrated. Get set free from a life of fear, insecurity, and hopelessness. Receive a new purpose and begin walking on a new God-given path. Be rescued from a dry, hopeless, and weary life into a life full of freedom and victory. Receive the supernatural keys to walk continually in the refreshing, never-ending wellspring of God's Holy Spirit. Through Karen Schatzline's four-part audio CD teaching, you will understand that your current circumstances are not your final destination. Learn how to drink deeply from God's unlimited supernatural wellspring of the Holy Spirit. Begin a road to recovery, spiritual healing, and a new beginning. The series includes powerful prayers to help you enter into the healing, empowering wellspring of the Holy Spirit. No matter where you come from, no matter what your background is, no matter what you've walked through or what's been done to you, God sees you where you are and He cares enough about you and loves you so much that He refuses to leave you there. He wants to take you and walk you into a place where you are overflowing with the love and the joy that He has to offer you. Karen says, and I say, and even more important, God says, it ain't over. This is your now, God's supernatural 
Wellspring. Don't miss out on getting Karen Schatzlein's God's Supernatural Wellspring Package, which includes her brand new book, Dehydrated, Tap into God's Never-Ending Supply, plus her four-part audio CD teaching series, God's Supernatural Wellspring. Yours for a donation of $39. Shipping and handling is included. Ask for offer number 9487. Call or you can send your check to Sid Roth. It's Supernatural, P.O. Box 39222, Charlotte, North Carolina, 28278. Please specify offer number 9487 or log on to SidRoth.org. Call or write today. Welcome back to Messianic Vision. I'm here with my special guest today, Pastor Karen Schatzline. And like I said before we went to break, we're going to talk about bravery. But before we get into bravery, I wanted Karen to share a story that uh, is just so, so powerful about a circumstance that she was going through and then a solution and what God did in that circumstance. Karen? Yes, absolutely. Because I know that God has always shown up in my life right when I need him. As long as I will listen for his voice in the midst of the storm. And I'll never forget, uh, after the birth of my son, Nate, uh, my husband and I tried to have another child. And for some reason, it was not happening. There was no medical reason. There was no uh, real set in stone reason why that wasn't happening for me. And I found myself becoming distressed. I found myself becoming discouraged and walking in despair and walking in discouragement. And if I can be honest, I really became depressed. And I know so many times people think, well, you're a Christian. You shouldn't walk through that. You shouldn't have to deal with that, or you should be above that. But we all face situations where we have to walk our journey to freedom. And I remember even in ministry, I became very depressed and I remember thinking, and I know some of the people listening can probably relate, that I just thought, God, I'm sinking. I can't even see the shore in my life right now. I feel like I'm just drowning in a sea of hopelessness, mental confusion, the loss of, you know, just direction in my life. I had tried for eight years to have another child, and for some reason this isn't happening. God, are you mad at me? I know many of you listening today may think that the situations that you're going through are because God's mad at you, but I hope that you can see past your circumstances to see that God's taking you somewhere, and all you have to do is listen, because I remember taking my son to school one morning, and my husband was out of town ministering, and I remember being so discouraged, so distraught that day. It had been eight years, and I could not uh, get pregnant again. And I was depressed. And I remember driving home from dropping my son off at school. And I remember telling God, I'm done. God, I can't do this anymore. I can't live like this. I'm done. I give up. And I just cried all the way home. And I don't even know how I got home. I feel bad for the people that may have been on the road with me that day, because it was probably not a pretty (laughs) sight. But I just remember pulling into my driveway, done. And I said, God, I quit. And I remember God showing up in my car that day, and he said to me these words. Maybe he speaks more gentle to you, but this is what he said to me. Good. So Mm. now maybe I have your attention. Wow. Because the end of yourself is the beginning of God. When we relinquish the control, when we stop trying to do things on our own, that's when God steps in and says, now I can do something with your life. And I'll never forget because in that moment, God took me and he showed me a vision. And in that moment, 
in that vision, because I was thinking, God showed me in a ship in the middle of the ocean, and he said these words to me so vividly. He said, Karen, you are sinking, and if you were in the middle of the ocean right now in a ship, and that ship was sinking, what would keep you alive? And I was so discouraged. I said, God, I don't know what would keep me alive. I don't even know if I would want to survive. But then in my vision, he showed me my son, Nate, and Nate was in the ship with me. And I said, God, I would stay alive to keep Nate alive. That's what would keep me alive. My son, if my son's in that ship with me and he said, good, because what you're walking through for the past eight years is not about you, Karen. It's not about you. It's not about what you want. It's not about what your desires are. It's not about poor, pitiful Karen. What it's about is that in your despair, rescue someone else and you will be saved. See, what he was trying to show me was that he had to get me to the end of myself so that I could see the bigger picture, that what I was going through with infertility was not about me. It was about someone else. And in that moment, a map of China appeared before me, and he had marked off a star right in the middle of China, and he said, there is your promise. There is your daughter. There is your answer. Now go and get her. And in that moment, I knew that I was supposed to adopt, and every desire I had to give birth in the natural left me in an instant. And the realization of what I had walked through for the eight years had been in preparation for going and getting my daughter because it wasn't about me. It was about the destiny that he had in my daughter's life, the destiny and the purpose that he had for her. I was merely a tool in her life. And many people over the years have told me, Karen, what a blessing that you rescued your daughter, that you and your husband rescued her. And I'm quick to answer them and say, no, you don't understand. She rescued us. (laughs) She rescued me from a selfish, self-absorbed life into a realization that it's about more than just me. It's about being part of a vision. And she is our gift and our angel from God. She is our gift that he gave our family. And she is beautiful. She's 14 years old now. And just her name is Abigail. And her name means the father's joy, because God said that she would bring joy into the lives of everyone she meets. And you know what? While God was showing you a picture of your daughter, where she was and where you could go and and pick her up and get her, he was also visiting her while she was in that orphanage in China. Yes, because I remember one morning we were in the house and um, I was just cleaning or cooking or something. And Abby was about four years old. She's 14 now. And she was about four years old. And she came running into the room that I was in. And she was always just so full of life and energy. So you never knew what she was going to say. And she said, Mommy. She said, I had a dream last night. And I said, oh, good. What was it about? She said, Jesus came to me in my dream last night. And he said, Abby, do you remember when you were in the orphanage and I told you your mommy and daddy were coming to get you? He said, you see, they came and got you. I was right. I love you. And she just ran off. And here I was left in just a puddle of tears and just weeping before God that he had took the time, just like he did with me on that bench at 13 years old in the school courtyard, he took the time to visit my daughter as a eight-month-old in an orphanage 
to tell her, don't give up. It's not over. I'm going to bring your mom and dad to you. And then he cared enough about her at four years old to remind her that he was still with her and that he still had plans for her. And I want everybody who's listening to know that sometimes you may feel alone. Sometimes you may feel like it's the end. Sometimes you may feel like it's over. But God is right there with you. I encourage you to take a pen and paper, to sit down, to listen for the voice of God, to write down what he tells you, how much he loves you, how much he cares about you, to not look at yourself through a microscope, but look through the bigger picture that God's got a bigger plan for you than what you've settled for. And he's not willing to let you stay in the midst of your despair and your your chaos. He wants to take you into a place of freedom today. Yes. Well, you know, before we went to break, we told everyone that that uh, you're going to talk to us about bravery. Bravery. You know, we, we, we have pictures in our heads sometimes of of soldiers or, you know, um, uh, ministers that have forged the way, you know, for uh, the Lord in certain areas or whatever. Um, I don't know, people in the jungles, missionaries or whatever. I've said so many yes. times, I mean, they're so brave. They're so brave. Will you talk to us just for a few moments, um, Karen? What What is bravery? Well, you know, bravery is something that I felt like eluded me my entire life. You know, I lived in that fear. And one day God showed me because, at, like you, I always thought the soldiers are so brave. We honor our soldiers. We honor the ones who give their lives to and fight for our freedom. And I felt like I could never be brave. But one day God showed me, you know what bravery is, Karen? He said bravery is not necessarily the absence of fear in your life. But rather, it's the realization that fear cannot rule you because you reside in the presence of the God Almighty. See, bravery is choosing to open your eyes and see what God wants you to see in the midst of the chaos all around you. See, I've learned that bravery comes in many forms. It's not just running into a burning building or running onto a battlefield in the midst of a war or all of those things. But sometimes bravery just means standing up for truth and for what is right and just and holy. Sometimes it's the ability to look adversity and tragedy in the eye and look at the enemy and say, I'm digging my heels in in the word of God. I'm not quitting. I'm not backing up. I'm not laying down. I'm not giving up right here. I'm going to keep going and pressing forward. I love what the Bible says. It says, forgetting what is behind me, I press forward to what God has for me. And so sometimes it's just digging your heels in and saying, this is not where it's going to end. It's not over. I believe that the word of God is true and I'm going to stand on his word and I'm going to walk into his presence and I'm going to spend time in my, in prayer with him. I'm going to spend time in his presence, seeking him, calling on his name and listening for him to talk to me as well. Because See, bravery comes from knowing and understanding that our strength comes from God and God alone, and that that is enough to sustain us. See, he's looking for the brave ones today, the brave ones that will say, I'm not going to just look at myself and what my circumstances are, because just like the woman at the well, that Samaritan woman at the well She didn't waste a moment when God set her free, revealed the truth of her reality, and then showed her what he wanted to do in her life. She didn't keep it to herself. She ran back to the village, the very ones who rejected her, the very ones who turned away, the very ones who made her feel worthless. And she looked at them and she said, I met a man who knows everything about me but Mm, loves me anyway, and I want you to meet him as well. 
So what bravery is, is not giving up, not backing down, running to the presence of God. And when he heals, sets you free and delivers you, you go back and you tell as many people as you can so that you can snatch them out of the enemy's hands as well. Yes. Give us a a couple of examples of um, what you classify as bravery. Yes, I wrote in my book, uh, Dehydrated, what I feel bravery is because there's so many brave heroes out there. I think bravery is a beautiful young lady with Down syndrome showing up at prom, knowing that someone's going to dance with her because she truly understands that she is beautifully and wonderfully made. It's a single mom with two jobs to make ends meet, finding time to read bedtime stories to her babies because she knows that they're the ones that really matter. It's clinging to one last hope that your spouse will someday find their way back home. It's encouraging your child in a distant land, defending freedom while crying on the inside, hoping that they make it home safely, but you're believing that God has them in in his hands. It's a missionary traveling to days to villages armed with only a message of hope and freedom. It's an elderly woman who goes to bed at night and lays and puts her hand where a cold side of the bed is, where her husband of 50 years used to lay, but now he's gone, knowing that God is never going to abandon her, forsaken her, or leave her alone. It's realizing that your bank account may be empty days before payday, but knowing that my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches and glory. It's about being a mighty warrior for God, saying that God, through you, I can do all things. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. It's realizing that you are a force to be reckoned with. And the enemy trembles when you realize the strength that God has placed inside of you. Well, I don't know about you, but that got me pretty fired up here. So <laughs> we're here in our in our sound studio now, the engineer and myself, and um, that was uh, a powerful, powerful example of the faces of bravery. Oh, my goodness, I'm sure everyone that's listening today, Karen, has enjoyed this message so much. Would you pray for those that are listening right now that they would get the revelation that they matter and that uh, God would just visit them today. Yes, Lord, I just pray right now that you will just minister life to everyone listening to this program today, Lord, that whoever is tuned in and they're listening and they feel that place of isolation, they feel that place of hopelessness, they feel that place of desperation where they're dry and weary. Lord, I pray that as they call on your name today, that they call out to you, that you will flood their life with the living water of refreshing and hope and purpose, that they will have their well of encounter today. But Lord, more than anything, Lord, even in that well of encounter, if they don't know you as their Savior, Lord, if they don't know you in their life, Lord, that you would make yourself known to them, make yourself real to them, have an encounter with them today to come into their life to be there, to walk with them, to talk with them, to have a living, breathing relationship with them today so that they can know that they are on a journey with you, walking this life victorious, powerful, in a mighty way that can make a difference for generations to come. Give them an encounter with you today that changes them and transforms them for a lifetime. Thank you, Jesus. 
Well, thank you, Karen, for being with us. Um, I'm Donna Chavis, and you've been listening to Messianic Vision with our very special guest today, Pastor Karen Schatzlein. And last word for today, if you're dry, thirsty, and dehydrated, we invite you to come to the oasis of God's supernatural wellspring. He is waiting for you there. And now, here's Sid to tell you how you can get God's supernatural wellspring. Sid? Spiritual dehydration, it's becoming epidemic. But I've got good news. Karen Schatzlein has a remedy for it. She was instructed by Jesus how you can have supernatural encounters with God. He wants it more than you. It's called God's Supernatural Wellspring. This powerful resource includes Karen's book, Dehydrated, and her four CD teaching series, these messages include Conversations with the King, Brave, This is Your Now, and the title message, God's Supernatural Wellspring. So order God's Supernatural Wellspring by Karen Schatzlein for an investment of only 39 U.S. dollars. To order, call 1-800-447-26. 97. That's 1-800-447-2697. Or go to our website at sidroth.org, S-I-D-R-O-T-H dot O-R-G. Be sure to ask for offer number 9487. Once again, offer number 9487. 